a little, how many weeks early? Four weeks early to kind of keep away from this thing. And uh, everything just went wonderful. And we believe that the Lord has come and worked and had his way. And we are just rejoicing with uh, the Kirks over baby Stella. All right. Well, I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning, chapter 8 of John. We're continuing in our series of uh, who God says he is. And he will always say, I am this. And he starts off in the, the first time that he tells really his name. He says, I am. And uh, we talked about that. And now we're talking about some of the other I am's that he has. And this is Jesus talking today. And so we're going to be in chapter 8 of John, beginning with verse 12. Let's all stand in honor of God's word. We'll begin reading with verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, isn't that something? They're telling God, he goes, I don't know if we can believe what you're saying. But anyway, I think it's funny. Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards, I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they ask him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. Let's pray. Father, we just pray this morning that we would once again hear and understand what it is for you to be light in our life. And Father, we need to look at every decision we make and everything we do in the light of of who you are and what you think and what you believe and what you show us is real in our life. And Father, I pray today that you would speak to us through your word and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In... If you were a Jew, all throughout uh, the year, there would be different feasts and festivals. And all these feasts and festivals were to remind you of the things that God had done or the things that God was doing. And this morning we sang that song, We Will Remember. And it's always good. I don't know if you, while I was singing that song, I started remembering the things that God had done for me. I started remembering things that God had done in my past, things that God had done for me recently. And it's always good to come back in your mind mind and remember. And one of these feasts, and it would have been just about this time of the year, one of these feasts is called the Feast of Tabernacles, and it was something to remind them. Now, we do different things in the church to help us remember. We do communion, we do baptism, we have Christmas, we do Resurrection Sunday, we fast, we pray, we do the offering, we worship. All those things are to help us to remember. But this particular feast that they were doing was called the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you were a Jew, that would be not too far from now. It's pretty much kind of around the 1st of October that they have the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you were a Jewish male, you would go to Jerusalem and you would be part of the Feast of Tabernacles. And it was an eight-day feast. 
and they would start on the Sabbath and they would have a time of worship together and then they would have all this time between the next Sabbath and they would be celebrating and how they would celebrate it was to remember their time of being out in the desert uh, after after they had come out of slavery it was to remember their time out in the desert and each person would take just a few items and they would build a little hut or a little tent to to uh, commemorate the the tents or whatever that they stayed in as they were going out in the wilderness and so it was kind of like remember when we camped for 40 years and so we're going to remember that and they would come together and they would remember that for eight days and the people would literally stay in those little houses and it was just a bunch of people camping in the city and they were remembering that God came he led us out of slavery and he led us around in the wilderness for all that time. And they remembered those things. And part of the celebration, that each night of the celebration, there would be four big, huge lampstands in the court of women, which is the court that is right out in front of the temple. And if you uh, understand or have seen there in Jerusalem, the temple is kind of above everything. It's kind of a higher spot in the city. And uh, that place where it was, then they had these lampstands that were pretty high and they were really bright. And each night they would light them and it was so high and so bright that that light would kind of could be seen at almost anywhere in the city. And part, and so they were celebrating the, the uh, pillar of fire that God used to direct them at night. And so during, during their time out in the wilderness, he used that light, then they followed the light and went wherever they, that he wanted to go. And they were commemorating and remembering that when we were in the desert and it was night, that there was a pillar of fire and they would remember that. And each night they would do that. Well, then different people within the Jewish community, usually part of their, during the night, they would come and a whole bunch of people would get torches and they would just spill out and throughout the whole city. And when you saw someone coming by with a torch, you knew that they were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles and that they were remembering the light that God had led them with. And so literally the light from the lampstands and the light from the torches would be spilled out and would be throughout the whole city. Everybody seen it and everybody knew what was going on. They understood that they were celebrating the light that came from heaven, the light that led them. And it was a time, and then at the end of it, it would end with a time of worship. And it was just this huge celebration. And everybody knew what it was about. And, and, and they understood that. And uh, they understood that, in, that uh, when they were in the desert, it was dark, but that God led them with light. Have you ever, have you ever been, you ever noticed the farther you get away from the city, the darker it gets. You ever notice that? If you're very close to Springfield at night, it's not very, I mean, you can, there's a lot of light comes off of there. But the farther you get in the country, the darker it is. These guys were in the desert and there was no cities with any light. I mean, this was before Thomas Edison and all that stuff. And they're out in the desert and yet God is providing light through them with this pillar of fire. And so they are commemorating that they're remembering that God provided them light even in the darkest, even in the darkest times. And so this is what would happen. 
And they're remembering that God is giving this constant, he's giving this direction, that he's given this direction to follow because he has given them, he gave them light to follow. And so that's what they're remembering. And in the middle of this celebration, and Jesus always had a way of saying stuff at just the right time that would make people go, huh? In the middle of this celebration where they're celebrating light, they're celebrating God's light that they followed, they're celebrating that God provided them light. In the midst of this, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he always had a way of doing that. We talk about, and during Passover, there's a certain part of the, of the Passover meal where there is a piece of bread that represents the coming Messiah. When Jesus is with his disciples on that last evening celebrating Passover, Jesus picks up that piece of bread that represents the Messiah and he breaks it and he goes, this is me. This is my body. That was a brash saying. And, and everything in Jewish custom always pointed towards the Messiah. And so he was always doing these things and he would say, this is me. And people go, what? Because he's talking about what? And he's talking, they're talking about light. They're talking about God. They're talking about God uh, leading with light and giving direction with light. In the midst of this, Jesus stands up and says, I'm the light of the world. Not a light, not I got a flashlight, not I got a torch here, not I lit one of the lampstands. He comes in and makes this big brass saying, I'm the light, I'm it, I'm the guy, I'm the light. And everybody, when he says this stuff, everybody just can't believe what he says. They can't believe that he says these things like that. And he doesn't say I'm a light, he says I am the light. And in, in the creation account, we talked about uh, that not too long ago, Jesus, God comes and, and what is, we talked about that the world was chaos. And in the midst of this, the first thing that God does is he flips on the lights. God is a God of light. And it talks about that everything was in chaos, everything is in disorder, and, and, you would, and, and there's nothing going on here. And all of a sudden, God comes and goes, let there be light. That's the first thing he creates is light. You ever, you ever have a bunch of kids in a room, like in the basement or something like this? We, we used to, down there at our highway church of the Nazarene, we had a gymnasium down there. And the kids would get in there at night and they'd turn the lights off. And then they just do stoop, they'd just be stupid. And one night, Lacey got her head gashed open. And you ever want to walk, and you, if you ever want to just, you could hear them in there and they'd just be blah, 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 blah. And if you wanted to stop the chaos, all you have to do, you'd flip on the lights and they'd be like, one night, one night when I was your youth pastor, we had a, I probably told you the story. We had a couple and it wasn't, it wasn't Mike and Brooke, but we had a couple that would sneak off into different rooms of the church and they would make out. That's what they were doing. And me and my senior pastor decided one night we were going to catch them. We were going to catch them. And there were two ways to go around to the Sunday school classrooms. You had to you can go around this way, you can go around. This. So we went around we checked all the rooms, couldn't find anything. We knew they were up there. We knew they were up there because the car hadn't left yet. So we, we got back, we, got, we went back around. I go, I go there, there's, there's got to be, there's, they're there. I know they're there. And so we went back around very, very quietly. And we start turning on the lights. And flipped on one light and there's a kid 
sitting on a table in the, in the room in pitch black. And he's like this. Pitch black. And I flipped the light on and he went, hey. I said, and he, had a, he didn't have the Bible. He had a Sunday school paper. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just reading this Sunday school paper. I said, in the pitch black? Yeah, I just. And I was like. And I looked and I looked under the table. I looked everywhere in the room. And there, I, there's, I know there's a girl here somewhere because he ain't sitting there reading Sunday school papers. The only reason he's in a dark room because there's a girl there somewhere. And me and my pastor are sitting there, Pastor Mike. And finally, I look and this girl was skinny as she could be. And she had got behind that door and to where that door would completely close. And she was just like, and I moved the door and she went, hey. <laughs> I said, are you reading the Sunday school paper too? <laughs> What's going on? If you want to stop chaos, if you want to stop chaos and you want to stop something, flip the lights on. When your kids are being bad in the dark, flip the lights on. They'll be like, huh? And that's what God did. They had all this chaos and he, and he brings immediately light brings order. And that was the first thing that he had to do to stop the chaos. And that's how light works. When you put light on something, then you can see it for how it really is. You cannot see without light. If you don't have light, you cannot see. And light is used by every living thing. And it is, and Jesus says, I'm the light. Literally, he is light and he is the truth. He is what brings light to everything. And light is something else. It is, it is so important to what we do. It's every part of what we do. I was reading an article this week and they took two guys and they put each one of them in a different cave. And they put one guy in there for 88 days and one guy in there for 126 days. And they just started watching to see what they did. They started keeping records of stuff. And after they got a few days into it and they couldn't see light, they lost all sight of, they lost all way of telling time. They couldn't tell how long they had been there. They didn't know if it was day or night and they got all confused. They literally, when they, when they were absent of light, they would sleep 30 and 40 hours at a time and they felt like they had just taken a nap. One guy was in there for 88 days. He thought he'd been in there for like 30. One guy was in there for 120 some and he thought he'd been in there for like 60. They lost all sense of time. Light is, is what keeps us constant. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. Light keeps us constant. It gets our rhythms and keeps our rhythms in, in going. And so it, it's a bearing. If you put light on the wall, if you, if you shut everything down in the black, have, you, have anybody ever been in a cave when they shut all the lights off? I've been, I've been in a cave. My wife can't stand caves anymore. She, something's happened to her as we've gotten older and she, she just can't take it. But we took the kids this last summer or summer before last, and we went to all these caves. And just nearly every time, they'll get you in the bottom of the cave, and they go, okay, we're going to turn the lights off, you know. And I'm telling you what, if I'm not holding on to something, they'll turn them lights off, and I'll be standing there, and pretty soon I'm just like, I, I lose all, I mean, when it's pitch black, you lose your bearings, but light helps us to see and we can get our bearings and we can understand where things are. That's what light does. And that's what Jesus, he says, I'm the light. I'm the one that keeps, you, keeps your bearings. I'm the constant. I'm the thing that you can always go to. But without light, we have no constant. We have, we have no constant. We have no bearings. I mean, with, without light, yeah, we have no bearings. You ever notice that it's way easier to get lost in the dark than it is to get lost in the daylight? 
Now, for some of you, you get lost no matter what it is. But for me, if I can see and I can see, uh, I can see markers or I can see things that where I know where I'm at, I, I do pretty good. But it gets dark. And I'm telling you what, it's pretty easy to get lost. Me and, me and uh, Mike Breeden one night, we was coon hunting and I even had a GPS and we got into a fog and it's kind of the same thing. We got into a fog to where even our lights wouldn't get through it. I mean, you could just see about this far. And I knew within 200 yards of where I was and I could not make myself walk the right direction because I thought I was going the other way. And I was watching it on the GPS and me and Mike was arguing about which way to go. And I said, this is what it says. He goes, it's this, this way. We ended up way down the field somewhere or another. You know, we just kept, you just can't see, you can't get your bearings. You can't, and light is what does that. And Jesus says, I am the light. I am the only way to, to, uh, to see. And if you want to make things dark, you don't go get more darkness. You can't pump darkness into a room. How do you make things dark? You have to remove light. You have to get rid of the light. You have to get rid, you have to turn all the lights off and then you have to block everything so there's no light coming in. And the only way to get rid of darkness is to move away from the light or to block out the light. And uh, I don't know if you, if you look out at this, if you look out at night very much, I kind of like to look at the sky at night. And they're stars. And they say that those stars are as bright as the sun, but we're so far away from them that they look dim. You know what I mean? They might look bright, but they don't, they're not like the sun. But they say that they are, but we're so far away. And so in our lives, if we are having trouble getting God's light in our life, it's either because we're putting up things to block it or we're getting farther away from him to where we can't see him. Does that make sense? And we can have light. We, and God says we can have as much light as we want. We can walk, we can walk in light. That, that, that verse I just read says walk in the light. But sometimes we try to get out of the light. Did you notice that was a really bright spotlight here? And we're going to show it again in a second. It was a really bright spotlight, but right over here, it was really dark. But right here, it was bright, but here it was dark. And it doesn't take much to get out of God's light. And the farther you get from the light, the darker and darker it gets. And we want to put every part of our life in the light. And he is saying, I am the light. And he says, I'm the only light. Now, I want you to imagine, what if the sun, and for years, this is what it was. Before, before they came up with light, uh, I mean, before they came up with the incandescent light, uh, they had lamps and things like that. But it was a pretty dark world. My dad talks about uh, milking uh, in the light of carbide lights. They had a carbide light system in their milk barn, and they'd throw the carbide in there, and they'd light those gas lights. But he said it was dim. He said you couldn't hardly see anything that was going on. And if they wanted to do anything, they did things during the day because you had light. And even in uh, we was work, we've been working on, on my house over there, and uh, it's kind of, I've taken all the, there's no, it's kind of, it's just dark in there. And the other day I was looking at something, I was trying to understand and read and see what it was. I just had to, I just had to take it and carry it outside and get in the sun so I could see it. I want you to imagine this morning if you were building a house and the only source of light you are going to have 
is the sun. It's the only source of light you're going to have in your house. How would you build your house? When you build it, you would put a lot of windows in so that that could come in, or you might put a skylight or two in there so that when the sun's out, that the sun could come in and you could see. And Jesus says, he says, I am the light. I'm the only light. I'm the only light that you have. And we need to live our lives and build our lives in a place to where his light is shining in on us. To where we can see the things that he wants us to see. Where we can see and to where the light does not get blocked. And there are things in our lives that can block light. You can allow things in your life that block light. And when you let things take priority of God, they start to block his light to where you can't see things. When you, when you listen to what the world says uh, about things, then you're allowing God's light to be blocked. If you really want to see what God has for you, you have got to get right in the light. When I really want to see things, I go, I take things outside because that is the best light ever is outside. And, and, and I'm afraid that sometimes we build our lives and we know that there's one light, but we build our lives and we set things up in our lives that block God's light. And Jesus says, I'm the one light. And he says to bring every part of your life under my light so that you can see it like it really is. Have you ever, have you ever got a, uh, a dish or something and you thought it was clean and then when you get it in the light, you're like, goodness, what am, have you seen this? You know, we'll get it. Uh, sometimes you go to a restaurant and they'll bring you a plate, like a salad plate or something like that. You'll be at the salad bar and you pick up a plate and you look at it and then you look at it in a light and you're like, good. And you just put it back down for the next one. <laughs> Here, Cindy, take this one. <laughs> She's blind. She can't see it. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? But you get it in a light and you're like, well, this isn't clean at all. Or you have, you have a, a shirt or something like that or a pair of pants or something and it'll have a stain or something on it. And, and, you know, in the dark, it looks pretty good. But then you'll get it out and you get it on and that's usually what happens to me. I'll have it all ironed and I'll have it just perfect and I'll get it on and I'll be in the light and Cindy will go, that's got a spot on it. And you're like, what? Oh, I couldn't see it where I was ironing it. But you get it in the light and you can see it. Okay, And God says that we are to take and we're to walk in this light. We're supposed to bring every part of our life into his light. Our thoughts. We're supposed to take our thoughts to where they're in his light so that we can see and make sure that our thoughts line up with his. We're supposed to look at everything in his life. Our time. We need to take our time and say, God, is this... God, is this, is this the way you want me to spin this? We need to look at everything in the light of God. And he says, I am that light. I am the one that judges that. Our, our money, how we spend our money. We need to open up our checkbooks to the word and say, is this, God, is this matching up? To, is this what you want? Am I being faithful in this area? Everything we do, we need to bring before him and say, and look at it in his light and say, is this, is this right? Maybe sometimes you have an attitude that's wrong and you need to take that attitude to God and say, God, is this, is this lining up with your light? We need to take our, our children 
and, and make sure that they are walking in the light and seeing the light of God in everything we do. And we need to do that th- those things in front of them so that they can see us looking and, che- and checking and making sure our marriage, our marriage needs to be right in God's light and say, God, are we, doing, are we doing this the way, does this line up with your word? Does this line up with what you say? Am I doing this right? Am I, I want you to see every part of this so that, so that, that I'm doing what you would have me to do. Our entertainment, you need to take your phone and your internet and your uh, TV or whatever it is and shine it in the light of God. Do you know that, I mean, there's lots of, lots of things that you can do on these things that are not good. And that needs to be in the light of God. That needs to be in the light where everybody can see it. Anybody in your family ought to be able to get your phone and look at it and be able to see everything you've done. They ought to be able to get on your computer and look and read and see whatever you're, whatever you're looking at. See who you're texting. See what you're looking at. Because if they can see it, then you need to be able to say, God, because God can see it. And we need to look at it and say, God, are these the things that I need to be looking at? Are these the things that I need to be listening to? Are these the things I need to be watching? All of our entertainment should come under and say, God, show me your light on this. Our relationships. Teenagers, you are in the spot where you're dating and thinking about dating or wanting to date or singing songs about it or whatever, you know, singing songs about thinking about, praying about it or whatever. You ought to take and drag your boyfriend or your girlfriend into the light and say, God, is this what you have for me? And if they don't want to get drug in the light, they are not who God has for you. I'm just telling you that right now. You need to, you need to say, okay. Or if you start talking about the light and they're like, I don't know, that is not the person. That is not the guy. That is not the girl. I'm just telling you. You need to, whoever, you need to say, okay, God, this is our relationship and we're going to keep it in the light. And God, you show us because we want everything in the light because you know why? In the dark's where you get in trouble. In the dark is where you get in trouble. Nobody does anything in the light because everybody can see them. It's in the dark is when you get in trouble. And so we need to keep everything in the light. And sometimes when you see God's light on an issue, have you ever been in the dark and all of a sudden the light comes on? What's the first thing you do? Wow, what's going on? I'm going to tell you, sometimes I've been in God's word and all of a sudden he sheds his light on what I'm doing, and it's just like, whew. and you have a choice there. You can either say, well, I don't know, I'll, I'll just go back over here in the dark. Because sometimes when God sheds his light on your life, it's painful. It's painful. But after a while, you're like, okay, I see. I see what you're doing, and I want to do this, okay? And there's going to be different times in your life when God's going to shine light on your life, and you're not going to be where you're supposed to be, and it's going to be painful and be like, oh, I hadn't seen that before. And either you say, okay, I'm going to stay here and and change the things I need to change, or you can just back out of it and get farther away. But don't ever back out of God's light. It's walk. We need to stay in that light. The word says walk in the light as he in his light. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you bringing every part of your life into the one light? 
Tim, I want you to put the lights back on like we had them there a minute ago. We talked about one light. And see, I can stay back here and I can do whatever I want to here in the dark. But the word says that I'm supposed to come into this spot. And I'm supposed to look at everything in my life in this light. And then sometimes we say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be here and do all this stuff in my life. But I got some other things that I want to do over here. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't, don't try to take care. I'm going to take care of my job over here. I'll, I'll, I'll be over here and I'll, I'll read the Bible on these things and, and I'll come to church on Sunday and I'll be in the light here. But when I go to my job, then I'll, I'll tell the jokes I want to tell over here and, and I'll be over here. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring that into the light. And, and, and I'll be like this for, for some other things and I'll be here in the light and I'll let God talk to me about this, but I'm not going to, I, you know, God, I don't want to ask you about that girl I'm dating. So I'll just, I'll just keep her over here and, and we'll have this over here. And that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, everything's in the light so everybody can see it. Everything is in the light. It's not, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do some things over here. And, but then when I, when I get over here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my phone out and I'm going to look at stuff over here, but nobody can see over here. Jesus says that I'm supposed to get this thing and I'm supposed to be here in front and say, God, what, God, what do you want me? What, what, what is my deal with this? What is the deal with what I watch on TV, what I listen to, what's on my radio, what's on my CDs? God, I want to see it in your light. What's the attitudes of my life? God, I want to see it in your light. God, my marriage... I'm going to get my wife up here and we're going to be in your light and we're going to go about it. I'm going to have all my kids and we're going to, there's not going to be one part of our life that's out here in the dark. And you know what? It gets, it's dark here. The light is right there in the dark. And, and sometimes we try to get right here on the edge and we're just, I just, I just have a little bit in the light. God says, no, you walk, you walk here in the light. You can turn the lights back up, Tim. Where are you at this morning? Jesus says, I'm the light. And he says, and you walk in it. Are you bringing every part of your life this morning into the light of God's word and the light of what Jesus says and saying, God, what, what is my place here? What, what do you want for me to do here? I want us to stand. Lance, I want you to come this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're facing or what you're dealing with or what God's speaking to you about. But he says, you're supposed to walk in that light. And he says, I'm the light and everything in your life you need, needs to be to where I can see it and I can tell you the truth about it. If there's anything that you, that you are, are even halfway thinking, I don't know whether this is right. I don't know if I'm seeing this right. I don't, know, I, I don't know if this decision is right. I don't know if what I'm doing is right. You need to do like I do. If, if, I, don't, if I can't see and make it work right in, in my house and work, I, I, what I do, I, I go and I take it outside and I'm like, oh, okay, now I see. Everything you do needs to come under God's light so you can see it perfectly. Don't go by what the world says or, or anybody else says because there's lots of people in the dark and they'll go, oh yeah, yeah, you're doing the right thing. That's, that's the thing you need to do. Don't go by that. 
You go and you get it in the light and you go, oh, okay, I see, I see. Because God says, I'm the light. It's not what the world says about anything. It's not what anybody else says about anything. You need to grab everything in your life and say, God, I want to see this. I want to see this relationship with this girl, this relationship with this boy. Anything that I have, Lord, I want to see it in your light because I want to be what I want to be where you want me to be. I want to walk in your light. I want to walk in your light. I never want to get into the shadows. I just want to walk in your light. I don't know what you need to pray about this morning, but maybe there's something in your life this morning. I'm not talking about getting saved or anything like that. I'm just talking about maybe there's an area in your life where you just need to say, okay, God, I need, I need you to shine light on. I need to see what, is this right? Am I doing right here? Is this where I need to be? We're going to open the altars this morning. If you need to come and pray, if there's something in your life that you need to shed under God's light and get under God's light this morning, Jesus says, I am light. He goes, you bring it to me. I'll show you. You bring it to me and it's just. And a bright light shows everything just as it is. Is there something you need to set under his light this morning? If you need to come, come as we come as we sing this morning. The altar is a place where we lay everything out. We just lay it all out there and say, God, what?